you know, the first thing I always come in with, with anybody that I, I work with is what's, what's your goal? Um, because right yeah. away we need to be focused on the exact same goal and it can't be, you know, just a few degrees off of that. If we're focused on that same goal, that makes things a lot easier rather than if we're kind of on the same trajectory, but thinking about different outcomes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Live on Bone podcast, where we have insightful, real and fun conversations with the world's highest performers to bring life lessons to you. I hope everyone is doing good. I hope you're navigating through life and the opportunities and challenges that life brings with courage and grit and grace, and you're finding space to grow and develop and have fun. I had a fascinating conversation with Eric Larson. Eric is the only person ever to go to the South Pole, North Pole and top of Everest in one year. He's a polar adventurer, expedition guide, educator, and he's spent 15 years of his life traveling in some of the most remote and wild places left on earth. In this episode, you'll hear his motivations on leadership and how to be a great team player, his lessons learned from his cancer diagnosis and how he is navigating through that challenge and opportunity, and his train-hard, travel-easy methodology and philosophy that has guided him and supported him, you know, in really, really challenging and magnificent situations in life. It was a great conversation. I enjoyed every second of it, and I hope you do too, and I hope you get some value from it. Please feel free to share with somebody in your network that you feel will also benefit from this conversation. Now, off to the podcast. So I think when I when I reflect back and I, when I was researching into your journey, like obviously the cold has been a huge part of it and, and going to the North Pole, the South Pole and just, just pushing yourself wherever you can and challenging yourself. Like where has that desire to challenge yourself, you know, come from? Like where is that internal? I, I'm not totally sure what drives me. It's just how I am. Um, I do know that I love being outside, uh, no matter what the conditions are. I am very curious about the world and not necessarily just reading about it or looking at it, uh, you know, uh, the borders on a map. I want to know what it's like to be in those places. And I like to kind of push my personal limits. I like to be challenged. I find that, um, uh, you know, that's just my comfort zone is more in that unknown space. Um, and so I think being in, in those places is just kind of part of what, what I do in the U S I grew up in a place that we didn't have big oceans. We didn't have big mountains. Um, but you know, there was a winter, so I was always comfortable in winter, um, as an individual. And the thing that I started to enjoy as an adult was I like the physical constraints and the thoughtfulness that traveling in cold weather or extreme environments really provide. And so, you know, if you were to fall down and, and sprain your ankle on a hiking trail in the summertime, mm -hmm. you've got, you know, you just hang out there, eat a candy bar, <laughs> take a nap and you're fine. Comfortable, yeah. yeah. Um, but that, that same, scenario occurs at 30 or 40 below and you've got a very small window in which to make a decision or, or do something and so i like that kind of aspect of traveling in extreme conditions and you know i'm not an adrenaline junkie either i don't need, i'm not the guy that needs to jump off a cliff and 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 have you know and have the wind rushing across my face i like this deliberate kind of chess game of really discipline and structure that these bigger expeditions provide. Um, and that's really a way to be success successful because what you do on day one has a big um, mm. implication on day 30 or day 40 or whatever. And so there's a lot of discipline that goes into um, doing those types of things every day in order to be successful. So it's all rolled up into one. It's not, it's not necessarily one thing that I really enjoy, but I like a lot of it. Um, it's hard. There's a lot of times where I don't want to be in those places, but yeah. um, 
oftentimes I, 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 you know, one of my phrases is, um, the best way to be successful is to put yourself in a situation where you don't have another choice. And so, you know, I often set these big goals, put myself in the scenario with the hopes that I'll rise to the challenge. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Yeah. So I'm interested about that. Sometimes I do and sometimes I don't, but just before maybe we explore that, Eric, can you tell me about the logistics of like an ex, like a polar expedition like what what does um like how long does that take what like tell us about it how long do you need to prepare for that or what can you just give me some yeah. even the audit some insight into that that level of detail um i mean it used to i mean the my career has kind of evolved over time and um you know expeditions today are a lot different than they were 20 years ago just our knowledge about the world the technology is a lot different not only that the infrastructure is a lot more advanced our ability to just get to these kind of like starting lines has really increased a lot um over time but you know in in the past we would spend three years working on a particular trip we were trying to do things that haven't been done before and so there was a lot of kind of um just trying to figure out what type of equipment that we were going to use and and developing new equipment um physically training, fundraising, working on logistics, trying to figure out the technological um, aspects of the trip, how we could communicate, how we could be safe. Um, and so that was a very big process because these were huge trips that nobody had ever done before. So it wasn't like we could just pick up the phone and call somebody yeah. and just be like, hey, where do I start? What boots do I use? That information didn't exist. Now it's a little different. Um you know, obviously having a lot more experience and knowledge to base from. But as I mentioned, we just have advanced, you know, the our knowledge of the world is so much more advanced in 20 years. It sounds crazy. And and so, you know, my expeditions have also evolved in the sense that we're not necessarily discovering new places or or doing these trips in these kind of super unique ways. It's more about kind of pushing personal limits um, more so now. And, and that's where kind of this, um, I feel like the preparation is more on the personal level rather than kind of this bigger physical stuff in terms of the infrastructure and whatnot. Pushing personal limits. Can you tell me more about, about that Eric around pushing? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, when you look at the, the state of adventure today, as I mentioned, it's not really about you know, discovering new places, you know, we're not exploring for the first time. And so it's really about how can we push that leading edge of adventure. And that really lies more in what people are able to do as individuals or groups. And so that means setting some pretty arbitrary parameters on your adventure. And in one sense, it's silly because it's super arbitrary. Yeah. But in the other sense, it is this way to kind of define these limits in which we can push ourselves, you know, just like a marathon is a certain distance. Yeah. Um, and then we work towards that goal. That's the same thing that we're doing now with adventure. And so we're trying to do these trips in either faster styles, um, maybe in a series, you know, like what I did with uh, when I went to the North Pole, South Pole and Everest all in the year, just yeah. adding more on. Um you know, and so there's all different sorts of ways that people are are looking at adventure today, which I really enjoy because it, it is about, you know, what can we do as, like I said, individuals or a group to really push beyond what we thought was possible. Yeah. Eric, so like, <clears throat> I'm very intrigued, to be honest. And like, tell us about like, what, if, what have you learned about yourself as a human yeah. through your experiences out there in in those environments yeah i think um you know one of the things i often say when i come back from a trip is i'm pretty much the same person that i was before i left but i'm also forever changed um and when you remove everything from your life and that's what what happens on these expeditions. I mean, everything that we need to live and survive just fits in a small sled. Yeah. So we don't have a lot of the excess that we have in our normal lives, chairs, TV, shower, <laughs> whatever it is, a car. Very quickly, you understand what you need to be able to survive and what's important to you. And 
And so I think um, that's a, a big takeaway for me is kind of like what really is important. What do we need um, versus what do we want? Um, and, but there's a constant evolution, I feel like, that goes on. And that's just the nature of life. But very quickly on a trip, when you're separated from all that stuff, you come up against yourself. And so, you know, if you're an impatient person, you're going to, it's going to be times 10, um, if, yeah. you know, whatever it is. And so um, it, it can be very challenging to see, you know, the, the highs and lows about you as an individual. And, yeah. you know, the positive thing for me, and one of the things that keeps driving me back is if you can get to that point and then keep going, keep going, that's, that's a very empowering feeling. And then, and, and then you, that's the kind of forever change, you know, like I understand myself a lot more. I know um, kind of the things that I'm capable of. I have gained an insight into, you know, this particular situation or whatever. And so I think that's one of the big draws for me, but in, in my style of trips, again, it's not just jumping off a cliff and being in that moment. It's, you know, you got to go six or seven weeks to get to that point. Um, yeah. 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 And, and then I you see get the difference so there, right? There's such a massive, there's a massive, like a massive, um, whether it's base jumping or, you know, they, they're very sharp experiences that you can, you, you know, you can you obviously prepare for it. You do it and it's done, but like you, you have so much time and chat and you know, consistent challenges on your journey. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have a lot of distractions. I mean, for example, in Antarctica, there's no scenery. I mean, you have a horizon line. It's white. It's, it's like, I always say it's like being on the top of a layer cake. Cause you just look around and it's, it's white and then sky right out to the horizon. It's just like the yeah. same image. And you don't yeah, know. If, yeah. And so that's so contrary to our lives today um, to be, first of all, doing one thing that consistently for such, for, for that amount of time and then have no outside stimuli. It It's very challenging, you know, physically it's hard, but I think the mental aspects can be even more challenging. Yeah. And, and, like just to give context as well, you're talking about kind of 700, 750 miles of a of a consistent trek to get from yeah. one side to the other, and that that's like you're talking fifty rough days of an average of doing yeah. that, and you know you're committing you're committing to a certain level of distance every day, and that's the you know you 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 have that as a target. That's your micro goal, and your macro goal is obviously to get to the end. So you have a focus point, but it's ferociously challenging. So like what is the like I, I suppose to be more detailed in my question you mentioned around kind of on these trips is where i suppose you really get to experience your inner being and who you are what you like and love about yourself but maybe things you really maybe dislike or or struggle with so can you tell me about maybe moments where you were challenged about you know yourself and you know what what you did and i suppose your mindset around moving beyond that yeah, I mean, I the, the moments are almost too numerous. I feel like it happens on every day um, where there's mm -hmm. some sort of challenge, whether it's just waking up in the morning, getting out in the tent, um, it, you know, making decisions about logistics and um, pushing forward. I mean, I know in one of our North Pole expeditions, we were in a situation where we were running out of fuel and um, you know, we had to make the decision whether to keep pushing forward and try to come up with a solution of conserving fuel or try to get in a spot where we could get rescued. And that was very stressful because that was also a situation where we were in, in, in control of the outcome. I'm in a lot of situations where you're just dealing with a physical environment and you're like, okay, yes, um, you know, I have to get over this obstacle or through this open lead or whatever it is, but that was a decision where we knew or we were in control of our fate very specifically. Yeah. Like we can either be totally on the edge for the next couple of weeks or we can be safe. Um, and, and that was very stressful, very stressful. Yeah. And you mentioned there, like, the team so eric what type of like you, you know in terms of people that go on these 
journeys with you is, and you've got a, a tight, I'd imagine you, you become very close like in, over that period of time given going through challenges but to do it with other people is where real bonds can be created right yeah I mean it can go both ways uh, actually and, <laughs> I imagine uh, yeah um, you know I do a lot of different trips now I I, I do a lot of guiding as well yeah. which is you know teams where we're not necessarily choosing all the people there's just a group that's kind of self-selected to be there and then you know i've done a lot more where we're doing these very hard leading edge expeditions with teams that we've trained over and so you know either those types of teams have different strengths and different weaknesses um and they're hopefully the outcome is the same which is success but for me um you know it's not just about the end result but it's also the process that it's important um, which is how we get there um but you know i would say that the most kind of one of the most important aspects of a team member is their ability to communicate um you know it's not necessarily about hard skills at a certain point um because those are all learnable um, but it's really the, the bottom line is we're going to get in a bad situation. There's going to be um, differences of opinion, um, sometimes very strongly. And, you know, is there a willingness to um, work those out and talk about that? Because it's going to be some hard conversations. Um, so that's really important to me. And then uh, ultimately, you know, the first thing I always come in with with anybody that I, I work with is what's what's your goal? Um, because right yeah. away we need to be focused on the exact same goal and it can't be, you know, just a few degrees off of that. Um, and so if we're focused on that same goal, that makes things a lot easier rather than if we're kind of on the same trajectory, but thinking about different outcomes. Yeah. Um, I think that's your point. It's not about physically being out there, but it's like mentally, what do you want to do? Philosophically, what are you doing out there? You know, those things have an impact as well. Yeah, no, I, just, I was only referring to the connection between both of those, you know, that, that ability to get into a challenging situation and, and come out to the side with hopefully an optimal way forward. I think the goal, when you always refer back to the goal, right, and take the person out of it, does it does this way forward bring us closer to the goal? I think it enables that dialogue, I think, and less conflict just from my experience. Yeah, I mean, I have a philosophy that's structured to be more free, and so... You know, there's a there's a lot of situations that can be avoided by a lot of hard conversations initially um, and a lot of systems. You know, I, I always call myself the weakest link in everything that I do. Um, and so what I try to do is build up systems around me so that I don't succumb to all my weak aspects. And so, you know, how we travel through the day, how we set up the tent, who does what, all these roles are very specifically defined because at a certain point on an expedition, you're going to be cold, tired, hungry, scared, whatever it is, and it's not going to be your best foot that goes forward. Yeah. And therefore, you know, we want to try to protect that um, and and hopefully avoid those situations. And a lot of that structure can help. Yeah, so structure and systems is another piece. Is, is there anything else, Eric, around like what you look for in, in team members or people on your team that are going into these environments? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, ultimately a willingness to do it. Um, you know, you have to have a motivation that's internal. Um, and so if you're looking for the medal or the participation trophy or the accolades at a yeah. certain point, those trips get so hard and everything becomes arbitrary. You have to have that internal fire to be able to keep pushing forward. Um, so that's really important. Um and, you know, the hard skills and whatever are, are are definitely valuable as well. But I think for me, it's more about the the interpersonal aspects that I find are create a much stronger team. Yeah. No, that, and how big are the teams then, Eric, that, that go on these journeys? Like, what's the size? Even yeah, uh, You know, of... when I'm when I'm guiding, I try to keep my groups down to about just me without an assistant, about five people. That's about as much as you can be in that environment and be really safe. Um, you including know, you, Eric, five, including you are five plus you. Five plus me. So six. So yeah. Interesting. So six is the ideal team size number. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, for guiding as me as, I mean, there's a lot of, okay. Again, there's a lot of nuance in, in the systems, but 
there's a couple of reasons. Uh, you know, we have tents that hold three people, the most efficient, um, uh, you know, way to use resources in that is having a tent with three people versus two people in three tents, having three people in two tents, you have less stoves, a little less fuel, a little less weight in the tents. Um, your, the tents are warmer overall. Um, you know, I, I would say the ideal group size for one of my trips is three people, but it's also a challenging number as well. Um, you know, with three people, you have just the most, if you don't have too many personalities that you're trying to work with, yeah. you, um, you know, just for example, in terms of breaking trail, you're breaking trail a third of the day versus half the day with two people, which has a big physical implication on how well you're able to go. I talked a little bit about that sharing of kind of weight resources with three people in one tent, mm. same number of stoves as with two. Um, I've done a lot of trips with two people. I've done trips with three people. I've done trips with more. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of what you get. But, you know, ideally, I think three is that best number for the really hard kind of trips that that haven't been done before. But there's also a challenge with that three because you can have a, a dynamic of a two against one. And, and um, you know, you have to really be proactive about that and you have to have the right people as well. Yeah. And the right leadership, Eric, which is which is where you come in, right? And being able to lead progression, movement, momentum forward despite yeah. the challenges. Yeah. I, I mean, I've made a lot of mistakes on the leadership side. And so I'm having this conversation based off of you know, times where I was in charge and, and didn't do really well mm. um, and and made some pretty egregious mistakes in terms of being the leader of a trip. But, um, you know, it's getting better. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like what would tell us about leadership, Eric. Like what's um, and we, we explored, you know, a bit about teams, but always key to a team is te- a team leader and the importance of a team leader. Like what's um, what does leadership mean to you? Um, I'm. <laughs> It's it's again it's different in different situations leadership, but you know ultimately I it comes down to having the right team of people that are there, and so part of it is really getting all everything sorted before you even start in your endeavor. Um, and you know for me again it's about getting the right people who are good communicators who are focused on the on the same goal that have. Uh, high level of internal motivation. Um, but ultimately it's about being a good observer as well. Um, it's about setting expectations. It's about kind of understanding individual personalities and letting yeah. those kind of take the lead at times. It, it means kind of, um, you know, being a follower a lot of the times and it's not having your way. Um, it means, you know, is this a stick moment? Or I always say, is this a stick moment? Or is this a carrot moment? You know, is this is this a a time where we need to be more more serious and and have negative reinforcement? Or is this a time where you need to, you know, I always say I hug way too many, I'm not a hugger, but on expeditions, I, I end up having to hug people a lot, just because you know, there's sometimes where you need the carrot, or you need the encouragement versus Mm -hmm. the, the hard line. And so, I think being a, an observant person, having a high level of um, kind of an emotional awareness, um, yeah. being patient, not saying things at times. Yeah, it, there, there, there's there's a lot of things that go into it. And, you know, and again, it's not just this hard, fast set of rules, um, you know, within every day, the conditions are changing, people are changing, people have good days, bad days, they're bringing their own kind of baggage into the situation that you have to understand, you know, um, I think one of my biggest takeaways, um, from my more recent experiences of, of getting sick and, um, mm-hmm. having cancer for the past couple of years is that there's a lot of strength and leadership that comes from compassion and kind of that understanding of other people and the things that they're going through as well. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good point, Eric. And I think you, you know, you always, I'm all, you, you can always be surprised if you really knew someone. You know, if you, if you really knew someone, how you feel about them or what everyone is going through in their lives. So it's yeah, yeah, it's easy to look at the. It's easy to kind of 
look at our world and have it all figured out and say, you're this way and you're that way and, and you're not doing it right. And I do that a lot. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm not perfect. But I do think when you start to dive below the surface, you understand that they have their own prior experiences, um, mindset, way of looking at the world that they feel is correct as well. Um, and so that's a hard part to get over as an individual, especially someone with a lot of experience. Um, and for me, you know, I have a pretty set way of doing things, um, for better or worse. And so just understanding what, what, what kind of things that they're bringing to the table probably has one of the biggest impacts on leadership that I've found, um, quite honestly. Yeah, no, it's a great point. Uh, you know, that everything you said about leadership is so, you know, spot on, right? right? Like being patient and being compassionate and being a follower at times, having to be very directive in communication, set expectations, but be able to put your arm around people, you know, all, all of these aspects of leadership. It's, and it depends on the context that you, you mentioned as well. Like, you know, when things change and the context changes, then a different approach to how you lead is, is required. And, um, but you mentioned, Derek, you know, your cancer diagnosis and the challenges that that has put you through the last couple of years you know if it's all right i'd love to, I'd love to just explore that a little bit eric i think there's a lot sure. that people can learn from you because i know i've no doubt that I, you know at least everybody that is listening into this conversation has had you know somebody in their lives if not themselves touched touched by very dearly so i think you could bring a lot of value with your mindset and how you have i suppose stepped into into your diagnosis and, and you know came to where you are right now sure. so i think you know i'm always i suppose blown away by when you first find out when you first find out when you find out when your family finds out i mean that must be such a, a difficult moment to experience to live through to remember you know yeah yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I was preparing to go lead one of my training courses. I was leaving in a few days and the doctor's like, you're not going anywhere. Um, and, you yeah. know, for me, it was um, very troubling, to say the least, because, you know, initially my diagnosis was stage four and the doctor was like, well, with that prognosis, you're maybe have about four years to live. And so that, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Um, and so for me, I, I just thought about my kids, you know, I was yeah. just, how do I get one more day with them? I, it was very overwhelming. I couldn't talk to anybody. I was, you know, emotional nonstop. I just had to kind of like, just narrow the world down and just focus on putting on my shoes and getting to the next appointment. And, um, you know, it was, it was completely overwhelming. Um, but it is a lot like an expedition and getting thrown into something like that, which they're very similar feelings. Um, and so you just kind of do what you can do. Um, but it was, it was a crazy experience and one that I'm still kind of, um, recovering from not just, um, the treatment, but emotionally and physically, I mean, my body is different. I had some pretty invasive surgeries and mm. about 36 centimeters of my colon removed. And so my body's just different now. And, um, but, but as crazy as it sounds, um, I, and I don't think I would change having that experience. I think some of the my takeaways and just again compassion and insights I, I i wouldn't i wouldn't um not have that experience I, it's it's terrible to say yeah. it because it was the worst thing <laughs> in my life but and i'm still in it so thanks eric for sharing um like how did you lead your family judas your family because <laughs> lead is the word I like to say, right? And you're being a leadership person and you're yourself, Eric. How did you do that? How did you? Well, I'm laughing because I didn't, yeah. I, I, I'm not, I did, there was nothing that I did. I was, I was like a passenger. 
Um, you know, I feel very grateful to my wife who in a time in crisis, she is your go-to person um, and was my go-to person. And she just went on overdrive. And, um, you know, if there's a problem, she just dove in and got connected to, um, you know, different medical facilities, different people finding out more information. I couldn't, I was so overwhelmed. I couldn't read anything about cancer. I couldn't talk to anybody that had cancer. I could barely even, you know, even get through the um, appointment. I was just staring down my shoes because I was like, I'm not, you know, I'm going to die and I'm going to miss every cool thing about my kids' lives. Um, and so I, I really wouldn't say that I did anything active that really remotely involved, um, trying to be the head of the, the head of the family or, or not the head of the family, but be a leader in the situation. I was just trying to get through each day. And I was also trying to not impact my kids. I didn't want to have, cause I didn't know what was going to happen. I don't know if this was yeah. going to be three years in the end, or if it was going to be this ongoing treatment forever. I didn't want to have me being sick, be the defining moment of my kids' life that where they were like, it was negatively impacting their quality of life, um, you know, for better or worse. And so that was really what my main motivation was. And for me, it was just trying to do what I could when I could. And a big part of that was, man, all I could do was just get to the chemo appointment and back. Um, and so there, there really wasn't a lot that I was able to do, I tried to fill in as I, you know, after chemo and between radiation and do, you know, help make meals for the kids or shuttle them wherever. Um, but it was a lot of, of me not really being as much of an active participant in mm. our family, just cause I was physically incapable of, be, of, yeah. of doing anything. Um, but you know, I tried, I tried where I could and, and, but it was challenging on, on, all aspects yeah uh, how old eric were your kids at the time you were diagnosed well, i was diagnosed in january of 2021 so they were they were uh six and eight um yeah. so you know my son who was eight at the time he had a little understanding but my daughter it was pretty she didn't really understand what was going on so that was a challenge as well and yeah you know that's a that it was hard it's it's a very stressful um thing in just an in a confined area where it's just this dark cloud hanging over you and you know my wife was I mean I I say she saved my life um and she did but dealing with chronic pain dealing with chronic fatigue dealing with these feelings of being completely overwhelmed it's hard to be your best self and so like just our interpersonal dynamics were challenging at times and of course that that flowed over to our kids and um you know, it took us a lot to be able to work, work through all those things. And, and, um, there was just no aspect of it. That was, that was like, Oh yeah, piece of cake. Now, you know, we're in the clear. Um, it's been a consistent challenge, Eric. And, and, and where, like from your perspective now, you know, where, where are you right now with, with cancer, Eric? And where's, what's your relationship to, to cancer now and how you're, uh, I mean, it's weird because in one sense, I'm living a pretty normal life. I'm thinking about the future. Um, I'm making plans. I'm happy most days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every, and then when I stop and think about all that I went through and those emotions, it's pretty overwhelming. Um, the, 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 I think the challenge for me right now is to move on, but also not forget the the valuable lessons but from a from a kind of nuts and bolts perspective um i'm what they call ned which is no evidence of disease and which is great and you know i had some scans just a few months ago that were great i uh it turns out i have a genetic condition um which makes me predisposed predisposed to cancer um and so i just now we'll get colonoscopies every year for the rest of my life fun times but you know colorectal cancer can if detected early is very curable and so um i have a very positive attitude i you know i have a colonoscopy coming up and when i stop and think if 
I, I'm kind of in this weird balance where I'm I'm moving forward and very optimistic, but if something were to show up again, it would be very hard, I think, to deal with. But you know, it's just how it is. Um, it's just what happens. So you can't I can't dwell on that too much. But overall, I feel like um living a, a as good as I possibly can. My body isn't the same. It doesn't perform at the same level. Um, and I'm still trying to figure out some of that stuff. And it makes what I do a lot more challenging, just how food throughs moves through mm -hmm. me, the energy I get from food, but I'm working that out too. Um, and so it's yeah. just, it's just another challenge, but you know, I'm not the same physical person that I was at all or mental yeah. for that matter. Yeah. Well, what sense I can understand physical and that your physical body is, is, has been true, you know, a lot the last couple of years. It's not going to be able to have the same required output if you're going on an expedition or when you're challenging it. You now, with your mindset, I suppose, in the mental side, tell, tell us more about how that has changed or your, your point on, on the differences. Uh, I think, um, well, like I said, like what we were talking about earlier, I definitely have a appreciation for the role of compassion in our lives and the role of that understanding of other people and the things that they're going through. You know, it may not be cancer. Um, it may not be life-threatening, but it appears life-threatening to them mm -hmm. at the, in that moment yeah. or feels life-threatening. And so I, I understand that a lot better. Um, you know, like an expedition, unfortunately, for better or worse, I'm still kind of the same person. I have some really great moments and I have some moments that I'm not as proud of continually, which I'm, which I've always been working on. Um, but I think most importantly, I am, I look at these expeditions that I've done and that drive that I had, and I don't feel that same push to be like, Hey, look at me, look at what I've done. Look at how awesome I am. And that's moving more towards how can I support other people and how can I, um, um, you know, lift others up versus just reach for myself. And so I think that's been a big impact for me as well. Point, Eric. And how do you plan on doing that then? How do you bring that purpose of lifting others up to life? One of the big projects that I was working on before I got sick and and um that I've that I've been kind of toiling toiling away at is especially in the United States, um, here there are a lot of people that definitely haven't had, you know, access to the same resources um and so if you look at a lot of the kind of black biracial populations you know mm -hmm. traditionally they ha haven't been as privileged as as other demographics and so there's actually um uh, one of my heroes is a african-american polar explorer from the early 1900s named matthew henson hardcore dude um just amazing went to the North pole with Robert Peary was kind of his right hand man actually carried him like on his back to get yeah, to the North pole, geez. like the unsung hero of, of North pole expeditions for sure. And so kind of in his spirit, I have a scholarship program um, that I'm doing this January to be able to have six or eight people come and, and I kind of look at it as training the next generation of polar adventures and expedition guides. Um, and so I've been very lucky to work with a company, Jack Wolfskin, who's supporting that, um, and we'll be launching that in the next couple of weeks. And so to me, that's been a multi-year process, but really, um, trying to expand, um, the amount of people that have access to these resources, these natural resources, as well as, you know, share my knowledge too. I think both of those I'm very interested in. So do you plan on going back, Eric? Because that's the plan is to get back out there and. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was guiding this spring as well. Um, I do a couple training courses. It was pretty challenging. Um, 
but I've got some better systems now. My body feels a little stronger. So I, I, you know, like I said, in one sense, I just kind of picked up from where I left off. Um, but I don't want to be that same person, that same singularly driven person to the fault of everything else. And so that's where I'm, yeah. we'll be, you know, I'll be on the ice. I'll be doing expeditions, but I, I want to make sure that I'm bringing others along with me in whatever capacity. Um, I do enjoy a lot of the training courses that I lead because it, again, it's kind of that similar. It's not about me taking somebody out and, you know, setting up their tent and, and tucking them in at night. It's about teaching these skills that they can be, they can do their own trips or yeah, we, yeah. we can do a harder trip together. And so again, I do feel like, like, you know, that connection with the element, that ability to live without, um, and the lessons, the kind of philosophical lessons from expedition travel are, are really important, um, for our lives, not on an expedition. And so kind of taking these steps to be able to get people in that mindset, I think is valuable for sure. Yeah. So, so these people that go on these trips, are they average People are, are they kind of coming from the explorer expedition community or it, it's a whole, it spans the, the, you know, it spans the, um, a wide range, you know, for example, I have this training course that I do every January and I just had a conversation with a guy who was a teacher in Alaska. And mm-hmm. so he's like, I've, I, you know, I just want to get more winter camping experience. I kind of got this idea of a big trip that I want to do. Um, and so he's just been experimenting. He skied out on in this area in Alaska and set up his tent and did one night overnight, which was great. So I, you know, and so I love that. I have people that just want more winter experience. I have other people that are kind of on this track of trying to do these, these expeditions, whether it's the seven summits or these shorter last degree trips to the pole. And they're, they're kind of, it's kind of like, this community of people like running a marathon and, and um, you know, there are people who are interested in doing that, but you still need some of these skills. And, and, you know, again, for me, you know, guiding in these environments is very challenging. And so for me to be able to do that, I also need people to have a level of competence and, and a level of skill that allows them to be safe for themselves. Um, And I feel like that takes a little more time. Not everybody's interested in that and that's fine, but ultimately we're safer as a group. And, you know, unfortunately we get in these situations now, not necessarily me, but, you know, in some of these mountaineering situations at Everest where people, you know, are relying so heavily on their guide that they don't have that individual experience and that's a dangerous situation. Mm. Um, And so that's where some of these training courses for me come into play, which is not only teaching these physical skills, but also as we move forward into more difficult trips, it allows people that are traveling with me to have um, a level of competence that ensures, um, you know, even more than just basic level of safety. Yeah. Um, Training and preparation is vital, right? You know, for everything. Totally. Yeah. yeah, Train hard, travel easy. You know, that's kind of one of my philosophies. That's it, Jen. And so, and and also when you start getting into these bigger trips where there's more question marks, that training really provides an important component of eliminating some of those unknowns. Like when we're doing these hard trips that that kind of haven't been done before at a certain point, you can't answer all the questions, but you can answer, you know, 75 of of the hundred. And then that first step becomes that much more physically and mentally you know, you're easing into it versus going from zero to a hundred, which can be just completely overwhelming. And so that really, t- all that stuff kind of all ties together. Yeah. And it, like you mentioned earlier, is it Eric about knowing the person, you know, and that kind of that relationship with somebody to know them as a person. So you're able to actually lead better then or kind of position the team in ways and where everyone can contribute, knowing yeah. their strengths and weaknesses and where they're at in their experience. So I think that's about part of it as well in the, in, in the training you do. Um, so you're heading out in January. Is that when it's kicking yeah, off? Yeah, I have a you... yeah. I'm I'm kind of I have a training course in January. I have my Matthew Henson scholarship right after. Um, I have a trip planned 
um, up in Baffin Island, I think that's that I'm kind of working on, which is in the Arctic Canada. Mm-hmm. I guide these short trips to the North Pole that will hopefully happen this year. Um, so I, you know, winter's my busy there's time. Of, <laughs> um, there's a lot time, Derek. There's a lot going on. Yeah. So, how many days will you be away then, Eric, from let's say the family and the kids? Because you know that that must be challenging, right, to be away. It's hard. It gets harder. You know, I love. I'm a homebody. I don't need a lot of other things. We also live in this beautiful area, so I love to bike and ski. And um, I coach my kids' soccer team, and you know all these things. And um, I, you know, I, I'll probably at the end of the at the end of the day this year, it'll probably be two to two and a half to three months or whatever which is um per year yeah it's it's a, yeah. it's a significant amount of time it's a challenge it's a challenge for everybody you know it's not i, I you know i go on an expedition there's an expedition here uh with my wife and the kids um so over the years we've gotten a little better at it and as the kids get older it's a little less challenging but it's it's challenging so it's hard um to to that, be away that, yeah Sorry, my point there, Eric, was like, you know, you mentioned like when you're out there and you're going through the the vast kind of nothingness that you're surrounded by and you're just completely in a place where it's between you and you and you're there and you've got yourself. Like part of that must be your kids as well, you know, and wondering and seeing their faces and kind of challenging yourself, should I be with them? Do you feel that? Because I might feel that at times when I go to work, you know, if I'm working in the UK or if I'm in Poland or the US, just my job. Sometimes, you know, obviously I, I'm away from the kids. You have that yeah. yearning as a dad, protector, you know, to be, to see them, to see they're okay. But when you don't see them, you, you you have to deal with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. It's, um, uh, well, I love being a dad. Um, I love, you know, picking up stuff and the chaos at times. Um, <laughs> And just the good and the bad. So I really enjoy being around. And I used to think about this idea of the cost of adventure and the cost of my passion as having a huge impact on them and affecting them in a negative way. And what I realized is that cost, they're they're going to turn out how they're going to turn out, you know, for better or worse. And yes, I can have more of a hand or less than a hand, but that bigger cost and impact is on me and what I don't get to participate in. And that's a a huge challenge for me that I constantly wrestle with. And, um, I'm less inclined, um, to travel, but it's a, it's a catch 22 because that's what my job is too. Um, so it's, I, I, I don't, wouldn't say I have any balance with it at all. Um, it's kind of what I do. I try to be the best at what I do. I think there's a lot of value in having passion and pursuing difficult goals and, um, you know, setting that example, although we don't talk about it a lot with the kids. Um, but at the end of the day, um, what I try to do is focus on the time that I'm home and I do a lot of things with them where I'm not distracted with other stuff. I don't have my phone and I'm texting. I'm not like, Hey, I got this meeting I got to do. Um, I'm the guy that's around doing everything. And so what I try to do is, is focus my time when I am around that were that, that, that it's, they, they know that they're getting, they're getting it from me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally resonate. And you're coaching the soccer team as well, which is, Shout out to the to the soccer team. Yes. Well, so that's the, the under sixes, is it or the under U eight? The under the under eight, yeah, geez, yeah, yeah, brilliant. But so so Eric, you know, if I kind of looking at what's ahead for you, you know, like I've kind of figured out your purpose and it's it's kind of really to support and service to humanity and utilizing exp- exploration and expedition as a means to help people and support people. And um, we, like I suppose for you then, Eric, like what's I'm, cu- I'm just curious about who you are with an artist. Like, who is Eric Larson? And that's a very hard question to answer. If someone asks me who I am, it's a difficult one, right? But who is yeah. who is if someone asks you a question, like, who is Eric Larson? What, what's your response to that? 
Well, I don't know if I've ever been asked that before. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm a pretty average guy. Um, I, I like to go camping and ride my bike. I've been pretty consistent in who I am for my own whole life. I always tell people I'm the most boring person in the world. You know, I'm pretty happy um, doing the things that I'm doing. I like to challenge myself. I like routines. I like being outside and sleeping in a tent. I love being a dad and a partner to my wife. Um, I wouldn't say I have some sort of big flowery definition of who I am as an individual. Um, I, I guess to, 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 um, to put it succinctly, I'm just, uh, like an individual moving through life, trying to figure it out like everybody else. Um, you know, one of my expedition phrases is let's just go up there and see what happens. And, and, you know, at this phase in my life, I'm, I'm kind of in a similar place. Like I have some goals and, and places I'm moving towards, but, you know, um, every year I have gained some new insight and I'm a better person as a result. And that kind of influences the direction that I'm going. And so it's just yeah. kind of moving forward to an uncertain outcome. No, I don't know. I was going to say a great answer, but I mean, the answer is the answer, whatever, whatever comes out when you ask yeah. that question is, is, is what I think it was, it was pretty. Yeah. Scary. I mean, we're all, I think the, the crazy thing about any of us is we're all just this complicated mix of things. Yeah. Um, that is probably very hard to, to define if put on the spot. And there are some characteristics that are more dominant and some that are less. And, but ultimately we're, we're all just moving through time. Um, and, and my goal is to try to do it in the best way possible in, in what I believe in. Um, and sometimes I make it and most of the times I fall short, but I'm, I'm still trying. Yeah. So, so, so most of the times you make it, sometimes you make it, most of the times you fall short. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, on the expedition front, I've I've had a lot of big failures out there, um, and you know it's hard, um, but I like that reaching for the hard goal, and because um, I think that's the most important part is the effort and the trying and the, and as I said before, the journey, and so you know the outcome when you do hard things, it's, it's 50, 50 at times, you know, like you're, you're not in control of all the variables. And so that's kind of how I operate, you know, like I'm, when I'm doing hard things and I think life is hard too. And, you know, on this path, I'm trying to be my best self, but I've got some things about my personality that are less than ideal. And so sometimes I come up short, sometimes I get frustrated Sometimes I'm tired, you know, there's times where I'm like, man, I nailed that. Like, I remember I was, we were just driving in the car and I did some, I said something to my daughter, she was having a temper tantrum. And I said, I said, I said something and I told my wife later and I was like, that was my best parenting moment I've ever had. Ever had. Um, and it was just something totally arbitrary. You can't even remember what you said, Eric, right? But you knew, do you remember what you said? No, I can't. It was just something. Oh, I changed the subject. She was having a temper tantrum and I asked her a question about like a notebook, who knows, or school, you know. So you just brought her to a place. I just redirected her. And where, you know, 99 other times, it's this situation that blows up. So, you know, you know what it's like. I mean, it's it's stressful in those situations. It's it's hard being a parent. Um, But you know, I'm still trying. And despite all the times where I haven't uh, said the right thing, there's a couple of those moments where, yeah, I get it. And if I can get more of those over time, that's great. Just like expeditions, but I'm not, I guarantee it. I'm not going to hit it. I'm not going to be batting a thousand, you know, I'm not going to get a hundred out of a hundred times where I do always the right thing. How do you forgive yourself, Eric, in those moments where, you didn't hit it out of the park or, you know, because obviously, you know, striving for doing things well. And when it doesn't always go well or you make a mistake and some part of your personality lets you down, how do you, how do you get over that? Um, I mean, it used to be a lot harder 
because uh, one, I was probably reaching for a lot of harder goals and everything was just focused in that one thing. Now I feel like I'm doing a lot of different things. And so I have a lot of other projects that are buttressing me up at any given time. And so my energy can shift to this thing. Um, it's still hard, you know, like it's, it's frustrating because it's, it's a dangerous mindset to get into, to think that if I do this and I succeed, then everything after is going to be great and easy. And yeah. what I realize is when, when you get to that success of whatever it is, there's still more crap that you got to deal with and and more hard times that come. It's not like this one thing changes my life. Maybe it is for some people and you win the lottery or whatever. But for me, my life isn't living the lottery at all. Um, and so conversely, when you're dealing with a failure, it's kind of very similar to, to what success is like, quite honestly. It's, you're still wake up in your own skin you still got to make breakfast. You still got to, you know, get the kids to school. Nothing's changed. Um, so for me, it's again, a little bit about that mindset of, you know, the obstacle is the path. Like life is just a hard endeavor. Um, and there are moments where it's great and that's awesome and celebrate it but it's going to change and it's going to get worse. And when it's worse, it's not the end. It's not the bottom. It's just kind of what happens. And we have a, a lot of ability to persevere and solve difficult problems and, and kind of mentally work our way through things and, and accept them. And, and by moving forward through that, you get to the next thing, you know? And so, yeah. I feel like that's more of how I operate and that's not a pessimistic worldview. I, I believe it's just um, an, a, a basic understanding yeah. of the kind of up and down nature of, of our world. Yeah. And Eric, I totally resonate with that. Um, and as you spoke, Eric, I couldn't help but be curious about like life, you know, is hard and it's tough, challenging and wonderful and exciting. It can be all those things. But I find, you know, for you getting a, a cancer diagnosis that, you know, that, like, how do you deal with, like, how do you deal with the bad things in life that happen to people for, for no reason or for whatever reason or just all these things that, and there's other stuff that happens where people die and kind of, you know, kids and totally. go to total catastrophic yeah. situations. How, how do you make sense of that? Or how do you move in, move forward in life? With that and it's someone like yourself who's been through that yeah like, you know it's i i mean it doesn't make sense at all to me it's just how it is it's hard with the kids like you want to protect your kids from that pain because you don't want to see them be hurting but mm -hmm. they need to go through those things as well um you know when i got sick and it was looking pretty bleak i was talking to my mom and i said there's only one direction that we're all going, you know, like we're not, none of us are getting out of this alive. And I got to a point where I had this crazy dream of a, of a life and I was able to make it work. Maybe I didn't reach as high of a pinnacle as I wanted to, but I got close and I'm psyched. I found an amazing partner and I became a dad, which I love. I just yeah. love being a dad and that created a calmness in me that I never knew that I had. Yeah. And, um, what else, what else is there? I mean, it's different for everybody, but for me, I was like, I got this far, you know? <laughs> um, I, and, yeah. and so I think, I think one of the things from expeditions that you realize is how insignificant you are. Obviously you make an impact on the people around you, but at the end of the day, the world is moving with or without us. Uh, and, totally and, you know, humans have the ability to survive when survive death, not necessarily as us as individuals, but everybody around us. I mean, we've, mm. you know, everybody that you come into contact with dies at some point and, um, you get through it 
you get through it. The best way to be successful is to not have another choice and we don't have another choice. And so um, that was kind of my mindset with all that. And it was sad. And I'm able to say that now because I'm not in that same place because I'd be bawling otherwise. Um, But, you know, it's uh, I had one of my expedition partners um, killed himself uh, this past spring. And I was he was Canadian. And so I was listening to the service online, which was awesome. And one of the kind of facilitators says, you get the time you get. And that really resonated with me because we, you know, we don't have a lot of control over this. You could, you know, a plane could fall on your house tomorrow. Um, it's, and, and I don't, I don't think about these things that often, quite honestly, but I do have, um, a matter of fact nature of this is just part of life is dying and not being around and, um, time is short. And I think, again, when you get sick, you realize that, but also expeditions, I do feel like for me, have helped me understand those things that are important. And, you know, there's not a moment that goes by where I'm not like, man, this is awesome. And so just appreciating the things that I have versus longing for the things that I don't. Powerful, Eric, you know, really um, nodding my head. (laughs) <laughs> all along that I was just like this I was like I'm not in my head consistently here but um, it's a good sign right but the, like I suppose Eric to, to wrap up I have one, one final question I suppose for me and it's kind of I know we spoke a lot about your past and your future and I kind of just want to check in and you know you know and I think I I, done, I, I actually done a program the fatherhood program but uh, fatherhood unlocked their own just Daniel Doty, Dan Doty, his name is, is in Montana, in his, you know, fatherhood of and, and men is his thing, right? And it's, it's about supporting men be the best fathers they can be and show up in the world as fathers and obviously to look at lineage and not carry through the lineage of your previous parents and their previous parents. Totally. And it was, it was a pretty powerful program, right? But one of the, one of the, you know, at the start of most of the sessions, we do some kind of connection activity and it's, a lot of the time it's connecting with yourself and, we explore this aspect of um, connecting with yourself. And it's a lot of the time people would ask you as you pass, kind of, how are you? A lot of the time you yeah. kind of might say, hey, you know, yeah, fine, yeah. good, you know, a very short answer. But he asked us the question, how are you? And he just left the pause and he finished it with a, with a, with a word. How are you actually? Right. And it, yeah. just put, it just put it into perspective. kind of, oh, you know. And so my question to Eric is, how are you actually? Yeah. Well, first of all, I love the question because that is, again, a big takeaway for me, um, you know, through getting sick is, is that same question because you can ask someone how you're doing. And and I replied all the time to people, fine, I'm fine. And just cause I, they didn't, nobody wants to hear the answer that I was going to give, you know? <laughs> um, so you know, for yeah. me, for me, I, I'm good. I'm actually good. You know, I had the, one of the best summers of my life. I did a bunch of different fun stuff. I did some hard trips. We had an amazing time with the family. I just kind of did the things that I haven't been able to do in the past few years. And, um, and as a result, and also some just dumb luck, um, kind of moving forward i mean i'm i'm kind of in my same path not in the not the negative aspects hopefully but you know i have some good work things that i'm doing i'm i got back from our family trip just focused on all the the different things that i want to yeah. be working on i um have some i always have a lot of crazy ideas that i always tell my wife like <laughs> if it costs money and waste time i'm generally pretty interested in it and so <laughs> you know, there's a few writing projects that I've been kind of working on. And, and so I'm I'm in a good spot, you know, like I am still nervous about my body. I'm still nervous about, you know, future appointments. I don't have a set path. Um, I'm a little nervous about my future. Like my Mm -hmm. job is very related to my body. And so when my body's not, I see an end to that. And so, um, I don't know, 
what will come after that. But I think like on an expedition, like anything else, it's just let's go up there and see what happens. And so right now, I'm just kind of taking the steps and hoping that a path mm. emerges. And so I, I, I feel good. And I also feel, you know, a little uncertain about what's what's coming up. But overall, um, you know, like I said, there's not a day that wakes up, not a day that goes by that I'm not it's just so happy to be able to open my eyes and get yelled at by my kids, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise, man. Come here, that's such a great answer. I love, I love the let's get up there and see what happens, you know. You know, I think that's pretty. Yeah, you can't control everything. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm a routine structure guy. I like to have things. I like to know what I'm getting into. But at the end of the day, we just can't control all the variables, you know. And and I like to. I start things because there's a lot of evolution that happens as a result as well. And so I may start one thing, and it may evolve into something else. And and you know, I think that's a good way to also kind of be creative and do difficult things. It can be really easy to just sit at home and say, I, that's not going to happen. I can't do that. I don't know what the end result is going to be and therefore I'm not going to start. Um, so yeah. that's kind of how I do things, I guess. Brilliant, Eric. So Eric, as we come to a close of a really, really enjoyable conversation and insightful and inspiring and so many things for me, hopefully the same for you. I just curious, do you have anything else you'd like to share or anything else um, you want people to know or any other message you want to relay to people? Uh, you know, I think um, I have, I, I do think adventure is everywhere. Um, and so I know we've been talking about a lot of different things, but I am a huge proponent of getting outside no matter what. And so I think being outside, going on ventures has a lot of other aspects that can help our lives both from a mental and physical standpoint and doing hard things so i guess the ultimate is is um you know there's a lot of different ways to discover the world and i encourage everybody to just get out in whatever way they feel comfortable and start trying things because there there are amazing adventures to, ha to have happen and as a result a lot of really incredible insights yeah and 100 so, eric so Wherever you're at, take that first step. Whatever it is to explore, take an adventure, do do hard things. And that's that's um pretty powerful message to shorten it up. But Eric, I think just for me, just to wrap up, you know, I want to just really say thank you for coming on the podcast and for sharing so openly and honestly. I think it's a testament to your character. Um, I've no doubt that people will get value from this, you know, and I think uh, I think you'll touch a lot of people from it as well. Um, I'm going to be a strong advocate for you and your work. I'm going to get all your links and put them all in show notes and cool. show from the rooftops. And I hope that we will be together in a room someday, if not even out on an adventure someday together, man. And I look forward to that day. So thank you very much, Eric. Yep. Pleasure. Sounds good. I appreciate the time. And yeah, keep in touch. Feel free to reach out with anything. And uh, yeah, we'll just stay connected. All right, guys. So look, that, that's, that's another episode of the podcast I'm really enjoying these conversations and, and connecting with brilliant people and I really trust and really hope that you're getting value from this and I really value you and, and thank you for listening in please feel free to leave a review rating you know it does really help to continue for us to bring these conversations and these life lessons to you and to I suppose highlight some of the great people around the world who are doing great things on a service to you know a better a better world for us all so Thanks very much, guys, and I will see you on your side.